that would be my message. It's like, listen, you know, stay humble, stay hungry, but, but always stay true to, to, you know, to your character and what you believe and don't let other people dictate that to you. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr. And I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk That Talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. I get to introduce Dana, so everybody hold on to your hats here, guys. Coach Dana Cavalier is a former director and strength coach in conditioning and performance for the New York Yankees. Coach led the New York Yankees to a world championship in 2009 for you baseball fans out there and certainly Yankee fans. That same year, he was awarded the Nolan Ryan Award given to the top strength and performance coach in Major League Baseball as voted by his peers. In addition to working with high-level athletes, coaches, CEOs, and executives, he is an international speaker and consultant helping Fortune 500 corporate workforces, sports teams, universities, and organizations to optimize their overall performance. Coach Dana is also an accomplished author. In his best-selling book, he shares 15 lessons about what it takes to become a champion in the habits of a champion. Nobody becomes a champion by accident. I love that. Dana shares stories and insights from the from some of the world's top performers in sports, life, and business. The forward is written by former New York Yankees manager Joe Girardi. Okay, okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please, you know, prepare yourself for an incredible conversation with Coach Dana. Welcome, Coach Dana. Thank you. Clap your hands. Tell Thanks, me guys. Who you are. Cool. cool. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Oh man, that's cool. Anytime. I wanted to jump right in. So, you know, in the title, it's, you know, being a champion doesn't happen by accident. Why does that resonate with you? And is that something that just kind of has always been with you or it, it just hits you one time? What does that mean to you? Well, you know, I mean, listen, I think we could all agree, you know, having played sports and now, you know, playing, playing life and playing business, right? It's nothing comes easy. You know, even though we have a lot of talent, like what really comes easy, right? To stay at the highest level of sports, life, business, it takes work. So right. you can't, it doesn't happen by accident. Like when you see somebody that has success, I'm not talking like shoot up, shoot down, but somebody that's on that path and is up on that trajectory, you know, it's something that, that shows that they have competency, they have talent, they have ability, they have a strong mind, they're resilient, they have an attitude that says, hey, not only did I get here, but I want to be here to stay. and I'm willing to fight for that. So, you know, nothing really happens by accident, you know, that that is of of long term, I think, significance. So that that's that's what I that's what I believe. That's why I I put that as the as sort of the subtitle underneath habits of a champion. So, you know, it, it takes good habits every day to to become a champion. And then you got to realize what it takes to stay up there. Not easy. Yeah, for sure. I bet. So let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Some of those habits you mentioned. Is there, anything that, is there anything that just jumps to the front of your mind where like, okay, I do this regularly or I did this regularly that helped you achieve at a high level and 
receive such high honors from your yeah. peers? Well, let me tell you what didn't work, right? Uh, so there's, a chapter, there's a chapter in the book that says, never get too high and never get too low. And, I, and you know, when I was younger, I'd get really high and I'd get really low. I'd get super excited when I did well, and I'd get super pissed when I did bad. Mm. And after those sort of manic episodes, right, because I wasn't meeting my own expectations of performance, I was exhausted. And then I was like, wow, I, I, I still need energy to finish playing this game or finish doing what it is that I'm committed to. And I didn't have it. So I realized, okay, uh, what do these high performers do well? And listen, when you can go to work every day and, you know, you get to work with players like Derek Jeter and players like Mariano Rivera, you're seeing the best of the best and what those players do every day when they show up. And one thing I took away was they were the same player through thick and thin, through good and bad, you know, beautiful and ugly. They, they maintained themselves. And I always say what they did great was they didn't get high, they didn't get low, they maintained a state of neutrality, right? They didn't, they didn't sort of, you know, become emotional based on what was written about them or what they read or what they heard. It was just this line right in the middle. They played that midline and, and that takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of courage. Um, but I really appreciated that out of those guys because I saw it over and over again. It was sort of this underlying trait amongst the best performing players. So pretty, wow. pretty cool stuff because how often, you know, when we don't meet our, you know, we're all high performers on this line. We're excited. We're hungry. But when things don't go our way, because 95% of the time, I'm very confident in saying that, they're not going to go your way. It's the 5%. And what do we do with that 5%? How do we build momentum behind that 5%? Mm. How do we realize what the 5% that creates the magic how do we even realize what that is? Wow. You know? It's like equanimity, equanimity under duress, right? <laughs> Prince, you, that's, that's a higher level. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask you a question? Um, what were some of the tips that guys would give you on how to maintain that, that, that zen, that neutral uh, mm. energy that they had coming in day in and day out? Because that's very challenging, man. I mean, it is. You're in it. You're living it. Like, what were some of the tips that they would give you and tell you? Well, you know, one of the biggest things is, right, like, you know, your prince. I'm Dana. Stan, Stan. We're, you're your own man. And when you're your own man, you got your own mission. You got your own vision. You got your own goals. You have your own gifts. You have your own talents, your own abilities. There's things that you two do great that I'm not great at. There's things that I do great that you may not be great at. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you get really comfortable in not just knowing who you are, but understanding what your talent set is and what your gifts are, you realize it doesn't serve you to look to your left and look to your right. So that is a really powerful lesson that I, that I took from those guys is like, do you, but first you got to know like what it is that, that drives you, what it is that's your mechanism, right? And when you get that you stop the bullshit of trying to be everything for everybody and you stop trying to trying too hard, right? To fit in and you stop, you just say, Hey, this is who I am and this is what I'm about and this is how I do it. And if you like me, great. And if you don't, that's okay too. Um, but if, if you're 
so far out here and you're trying to make everybody happy, you're trying to please everybody, you're trying to, to be what everybody else wants you to be, you're giving away so much of your personal power and your personal strength that you're only playing with like 20% of your, of your ammo, you know, and, and that's a bad way to play. You're defeated before you even start the game. Oof, that's so powerful, two, man. Yeah, it is. Two things you made me think of. I feel like there's a book called like, "What will you do with your five percent?" I don't know. Like that just really struck me because you mentioned like ninety-five percent is this, and then there's that that five percent that you own, that you love, that you dive deep into, and then that other piece you mentioned is like essentially like owning your greatness. So for those of you who are watching and mentioning that, like that's super powerful uh, because it seems like did you ever again working at the highest level, you do run into folks that are comfortable in their own skin and don't mind owning their greatness. Would you mind speaking to folks that are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm, I'm good or that I'm yeah. great. Would you mind help, help those folks? Yeah, Stan, you know what? It's funny. As you're saying that, I got this mental image. I saw it a few months ago. I was looking at something and um, it, it was like, uh, you know, when there's, there's the Little League World Series going on and um, they profile one of these little kids and it says, uh, favorite player. And the kid said, me. <laughs> and I was like, that's really cool. And to be, you know, 12, 13 years old, it takes a big set of balls to say that. Uh, and, and, and he was like, yeah, no, I'm not impressed by this guy or that guy or, you know, I'm me. And, you know, the same thing is true. Like when I speak to companies, I ask people, and the first thing I start off with is like, hey, do you see yourself as a champion? And people start like looking around to see if, raise your hand if you see yourself as a champion. And like no hands go up. Mm. So you have to be your favorite player in the game. And we're always taught, I mean, listen, I love Michael Jordan and I love The Last Dance, but, but I got to love me and like my abilities and my skills, like I gotta be my biggest fan first if I expect other people to become a fan. And, and that's a hard, it's a hard thing. And that doesn't mean be a, be a selfish guy. That doesn't mean, be, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you gotta get to the point where you can care less what anybody else thinks of you. Mm. And again, not because you're, you know, you're a jerk, but because you just believe there's like a divine almost connection like between you and where you're going. And there's, there's like this line that nobody could break that. Right. That's the way I look at it. That's the way I, I believe it. Yeah. I, I, I see that as your, you work towards building that confidence. So the more that you work and you start to realize like, I'm really good at this. Actually, I'm great at this. And your actions follow those words that you're saying. Um, mm. that's when those two meet, you know, your high self. And that's what those two meet. And when, and when that happens, that's when the magic, that's when the magic. Yeah. That, that is that, that, that's the magic right there. That, and, and you know what, the other thing that happens is too, you know, you start to sort of exude and produce an energy that becomes infectious. Mm. You show up with an attitude of victory and you know that you're going to, you know that you're going to, you're going to win. You're going to find a way to win. It may not be this game right here that you're going to win, but you're going to, you're going to win the long game. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So clearly, you know, you're an athlete, you know, at the highest level. 
But what ended up driving you to strength and conditioning and performance? How did that become a cornerstone? What grabbed your interest and helped you dive headfirst into that being the best? Well, what I realized was that my talent had reached its peak and I couldn't get any more out of it. And and at the end of the day, what I attribute to getting the most out of my my talent was my my training. But what I also attributed to being a, a reason why I wasn't able to get to like the next next level outside of you know ability was that when I was a younger person, you know, let's say like high school, I was caught up in a lot of like like the mental side of the game. I wasn't able to fully step into what I was. I would always do things on my own and like I had my own way, but I always wondered like, well, why don't I fit in with these people? So I actually flipped that and be like, there must be something not right. So that wasn't a good psychology. It was great that I was doing my own thing, mm-hmm. but I, I almost looked at it like there was some kind of a defect and that's why I was doing my own thing instead of saying, Hey, like you're doing your own thing because like they're not as cool as they think they are, you know? So, so it's a take the path less traveled as they say, and then own, own that path. But, but for me, the, I, I sort of became obsessed with development. I, I loved, you know, seeing players that had high, high levels of talent and then helping them. I loved helping them go even higher. And I loved actually when they failed and having the ability to, to, to get them back on track and get mm-hmm. them back on path. Like, so, mm-hmm. so I guess what got me into coaching was number one, seeing the effects that it could have on people, the positive effects, and also having experienced the negative effects of coaching. I knew I didn't want to be that guy. So that's what brought me to it. And, and the strength and conditioning was simple because I loved the training side and I loved the way it made you feel. Like when you train, and you see somebody hit, you know, a PR in some way, and you feel that juice come out of them, that fire, like that, that was, that's somewhat addicting to me anyway. Yeah. Me as well, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that's cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So what were some, were there any difficult moments, let's say, in your rise? And if so, how'd you overcome them? Because again, getting to you know, the highest level of anything certainly is not easy. Now, when you mentioned, obviously, uh, working with uh, the premier franchise in the history of sports and not just doing that, but then becoming elite in your space with that franchise in your sport, then recognized by your peers. Like, so, you know, what things that maybe you have to overcome or that were difficult, you know, as you kind of rose through the ranks? So the, the hardest thing for me, it's always, again, I think the common theme, right, is you always have to overcome yourself first before you can become great at anything. And when I started, listen, I was 19 when I started as a, as a coach with the Yankees, right? I was, I was just starting out. Um, you know, I was going to University of South Florida in Tampa. I was broke, um, working at Bush Gardens in the afternoons after practice. <laughs> because I had to make some money and I was the guy on the back of the tram that's like, Hey, welcome to Bush Gardens over here. We have a roller coaster, you know, da, 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 da. so it was sort of this, like I was split in between two worlds. Number one, I was trying to be this pro coach, but then I had the reality of my life in the afternoon where I was living with three roommates, working at Bush Gardens, driving an old beat up Mazda nine two nine, you know, but the windows were tinted and it had leather. So I thought I was cool. And <laughs> You know, all of that was sort of my reality. And um, so, so I felt like 
number one, I had nothing to lose. But number two, I felt like I was always coming from behind. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually still feel that way. And that's what I say is a hard thing. It's like it's hard to trust your own success because success is fleeting. Um, so you're only as good as today. Mm. Speak, speak to that piece. You know, you say you feel like you're still behind sometimes. Where's that feeling come from? Why is that? Well, it comes from, from I have an expectation that I put out there for myself, um, a vision, uh, goals, things that I'm working towards. And um, I always feel like I, I, I'm, as I get closer to them, they get further away. Mm. And, and um, it's a, that's, that's a good thing. Like, I totally am a guy. I play with a chip on my shoulder. You know, I'm a fun guy, but I have an attitude problem. You know, I, I don't play well with animals. You know, like, I, I, I'm very driven. And because of that, it, it becomes like it's your own battle. It's your battle with yourself every day because you're always trying to go somewhere and be the best. Hey, I got a book. How do I become – I want to be one of the best. I want to be a household name in the book space, in the speaking space in the coaching space. So until I have that, I'm full pursuit. But I know once I get that, there'll be something else. Like I'm the kind of person where I'll say, hey, I want to, I want to maybe write a movie script or something, the next challenge. So, you know, there's always that, you know, that, that pursuit of excellence. And that's, I believe that's the standard in which you hold yourself to. And for years, that sort of pressure, I would look at it as a negative. But I realized, too, that that's a part of my 5% superpower. The majority of people, they don't hold themselves to a standard like that. And, and that's okay. It's our job, the people that do, to inspire others to lift their, their standard. Love it. Again, maybe that's probably the other book, 5% superpower. Maybe it's that. You're, you're going to go back and forth on that. It's cool. I'm, I'm writing this down. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> yeah. So, go ahead. No, no, please, oh, Prince. Um, so, Dana, as a coach... Um, um, what would you say are tools that elite athletes use? Um, you recommend those athletes to use to overcome challenges because you mentioned some of the challenges that you went through. Like, what are some tangibles um, that can help our audience um, overcome some of those challenges? Yeah, well, I think a lot of a, a lot of athletes, the, you know, the challenges they face when they when they leave the game. Right. Let's talk about leaving the game, because I think that's a really important topic. Yes. You know, um, when they leave the game, they they you have to be comfortable in sort of becoming a new person. Right. You know, you say, hey, you know, I'm I'm Prince Daniel's football player. Right. That's an identity that you had your whole life. But when you get out, you know, you have to take elements of that that can help sort of spark you forward. You know, there's people that think it's cool that you're a football player, like use some of those things to your advantage, but at the same time, get really comfortable in sort of being a rookie again at whatever it is that you do, Mm -hmm. which means, you know what, you know, you got to carry the water cooler out. You got to start doing those little things. You got to pick up those cups that are all over the floor. You got to clean up, you know, you have to do those little things again. But that's a blow to your ego, man. That's like, it's like starting over. Like I, I just, I just won the world series. Yeah, you know, nobody cares. I gotta go back That's, and I'm picking up cups and washing nope. dishes. Like, what? Cut hey, you know line. what I tell guys? You know, oh, you're a world champion. You know what? Nobody cares. Mm. They don't. Mm. It, and it, and that's what, if you tell yourself that, some people say, well, that's, why would you tell yourself that? That, 
that ring, you know, that, I mean, you were a part of something great. You were, and nobody could ever take that away. You know, like think about how long ago, you know, it was when you first started playing football, you had no skills. You didn't have the knowledge. You, you didn't even know where to stand. You barely knew how to put the pads in your pants. So, you know, with that, that's where you are. When you graduate out of the game, no matter what the game is, football, basketball, baseball, it doesn't matter. That's where you are. You're learning to put the pads in your pants again. Mm. And, All right. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. No, no. And when you re- the sooner you realize that, mm. the sooner you get back on track and ready to, ready to start rolling again. Oh, that's good. That's really good advice. Um, so you mentioned um, you have to have the, the right mindset, right, getting ready for the transition, right? But how do you, what advice would you give someone that is kind of forced into that transition as opposed to not being able to leave the game on their own terms? Huh. Well, that's like the nine, that's like 99% of us, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's very few that get to walk out on their, on their own terms. Right. And I say, listen, you know, here's the thing too, right? You can't have any regrets. The money you've spent you know, living that life, you've already spent that. So whatever it is, again, wherever you are right now, that becomes day one. And whatever your emotional state is, you got to realize this, the longer that you're looking in the rearview mirror and you're hanging back there and thinking about, wondering about, uh, idolizing what you were, the more it's costing you on the front end. Mm-hmm. So you have to get over yourself and, and stop taking, you know, it's over. And that's a hard, hard thing for a lot of people to understand. Like, you know, you're not, when you walk into a restaurant now, people may still think you're cool, but five years from now, they may not know who you are, but, but they may know who you are. Maybe not as a football player anymore or a baseball player, but they may know you as the guy that did something in town that changed the town, or you run an organization for kids that changes the kids' lives or you built a business, you run a company, you're a president of something. Mm. That is real. So you may not be known as the football player star that you were five years from, you know, in the future, but you may be known for something else. And if you put that, that tenacity and that attitude and that fire and that juice and that passion and that commitment towards what you're doing next, that you, the same that you put towards football or baseball, basketball, whatever, you got a chance to really – be at a competitive advantage next to the average person because they've never pushed their bodies and their minds to the same place or level that 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 guys like us have. Oh, and that's beautiful. Hey, he had mentioned something about it's over, it's over. The image that came popping into my head was the movie Hitch when uh, he was knocking on the door, like, yeah, like what did I do? You're doing it right now. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, great movie, by the way. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Dana, so who is, is there someone, you know, personally, professionally that, you know, you you hold close that keeps you, that helps keep you here? You know, every, just about everybody has someone on their team that kind of helps them stay here or reminds them about what's important. Who is that person? Do you have that person? Yeah. You know, for me, it's always, I mean, it's always my, you know, my parents, my wife. I mean, that's really, you know, I keep it close circle. And then I have some buddies that I went to high school with, like, you know, um, that I talk to pretty frequently, like we grew up together. So we, we know each other's, you know, you know, shtick, you know, we know when we're full of, you know, when we're tricking ourselves and we know when we need a little bit of humble pie. So, um, that's really it. Um, just a couple, couple key people. And then in the business world, 
you know, I've worked with and I still work with some pretty amazing people that I could ask advice. Um, but, but there's a very interesting thing when it comes to advice, right? Is that we actually can give ourselves some really good advice when we listen to the things that we need to hear, not what we want to hear. So we have a really good and great actually guidance system that sits within us. When it's telling you something, you may want to listen, mm. Mm. you know, it mm. could be providing you all the answers you were going to ask someone else for. Yeah. <laughs> how, 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 how do you listen to that voice? You know, because a lot of times there's a lot of voices that's going on in our head. And so yeah. how do you single out that voice that's telling you, you know, to do uh, or, or to set you on that path for yeah. um, success? So, you know, here's the thing, right? The voice that I'm talking about is, is um, like, I, I believe there's a voice that I have that tells me what I what I'm going to do, right? Because mm-hmm. if I listen to like that voice that sits deep down, it's going to be the voice that says, hey, you're tired. You don't want to work out today. Or, <laughs> you know, there's somebody better than you out there. But I have a coaching voice that says, you better get your ass out there and let's go. You know, so that, mm-hmm. that's the voice that I, that I do listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other voice, if you will, for me, is it's not even a voice. It's more of a feeling, right? So you just feel what's right and what's not right for you. And that's, and that's, that's, that's what I've always used. So it's sort of this, I don't listen to the scare to this, to the, the guy that's scared to death up there. Cause we all have him. He's always there He may be on your shoulder. He may be in your head, you know, but he's always there. No matter how tough somebody looks, that guy is there, but we have to override him by the coach. The coach overrides that guy. But if you, but I, I do believe, right, we all have something that we're called to do. And if we feel it within us and we move towards it openly without restriction, uh, we have a good chance of, of being where we are supposed to be when we are supposed to be there. Mm. Amazing, man. Thank you. So I know that, you know, obviously the performance in execution and executive leadership coaching, you've helped so many people. You've given so much amazing advice. But also, Coach Dana, you know, Coach Dana wasn't always Coach Dana. He was a little, he was young Coach Dana. Yeah. You know, the guy, you know, you know, growing up, is there any advice you would give to young Coach Dana? You know, whether it be, you know, childhood, teenage coach, where you're like, hey, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Yeah. But the biggest thing would be always put yourself out there and don't worry what anybody else thinks. And, that, and that's the biggest thing. I, and what's crazy is I still have to give myself that advice today. So what, that's let, what that tells me is that I'm going to be telling myself that till the end. All right. So, so you know, we all have these – I think we all come from such unique places that our own – our dialogue is formed based on those experiences and those places. So instead of saying, hey, I want it to disappear, I want this to end, I, I can't take that anymore, it's okay if it still hangs with you. Just you got to realize – where what it what its place is in your life right now and how you talk to yourself as you know um as you're moving towards where it is that you're going now i mean and that's the thing i I find a lot of coaches you know and and are always telling people how to stop things right how to stop stress how to stop anxiety how to stop these thoughts how to stop and and the the key is to let them flow right don't be a dam trying to hold back all that water. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. Yeah. So let things, let it flow and just keep moving yourself 
towards where it is that you feel like you're supposed to be. And here's the other thing. If you do it wrong, who cares? Start over, do it, do something else. So, you know, like, I mean, we've all failed in athletics and then we, what do we do? We get back on the line and we do it again. Right. And, and life is really, it's a lot of practice. Man. And, and, and one of the chapters in your book, you said, fail to plan and play, plan to fail. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, true. that was <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> you got, because you know what? Su- success and failure, they're the best of friends. They, they, they're the best of friends and they hate each other. Mm-hmm. But, they always, but they're always in the front seat of the car together, right? And you can't have one without the other. And you know, van marriage. Yep, that's what I was thinking, yeah. I tried that on a call. I had some young kids I was talking to. They're like, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't get it. So uh, I like hanging out with old men like you. <laughs> no, but, it, but, it, but in all seriousness, it, it, it is that. It really is that, man. They, they travel together. And a few um, months ago, I was at Mariano Rivera's house, and we were talking. And uh, he said, do me a favor. Whenever you speak to people, please let them know that it's okay to fail. And they have to fail if they want to succeed. So spend less time trying not to fail and just realize that failure is a part of that process. And, and think about, you know, whenever I do these sort of talks, right, with anybody, I always say, like, whatever I'm saying, like, think about times in your life where the words that I'm saying actually apply to you. I'm not here to dictate and I'm not here to just preach. I want you to think about the time in your life that you failed or what's going on in your life right now where you're trying not to fail or the project you haven't started yet because you're sort of listening to that voice that tells you you're not ready, you're scared, you're hesitant, you know, you, you could lose it all. You know what I mean? I want you to think about that. Like this has to be, there's so many podcasts out there and there's so much material content and everybody's telling you what to do but it's got to apply to your life right now. Like right where you are, I want you to get off this line tonight and be like, hey, I've made a decision to do this based on what I've just heard from the fellas. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's got to be. I am calling you tonight, coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super amazing. So I know as we, you know, get closer to closing out a little bit, like what, what advice would you give to athletes who are, again, transitioning or about to transition? Because what it seems like, you know, you can you understand what it is and what it isn't. You understood, I mean, from, you know, deciding at 19 or every year, this is what I'm going to do. My talent has reached this level. Now I want to achieve it at a different level. Now I'm done here and I'm going to write this book, right? So you understand what that took and what it is. What advice would you give to some athletes that are looking for that game beyond their, their game? Yeah. Well, the first – Again, the first thing is you got to ask yourself, hey, what, what, am I, what am I really into? Like, what is it that I'm, that I'm passionate about? And not just like, hey, I love playing video games. So, like, maybe I'll invest in a video game company or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, think about what is an Im- the impact that you want to make. And because here, here's the thing, like, that's where you need to start. Like, let's say, for instance, like, finances has always been a struggle for you or something that's always caught your interest 
you know, I know a lot of players that have gone into, you know, working with play, uh, organizations like Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley and they, Goldman Sachs, right? They, they said, hey, I have a passion for, for money and I want to learn about it at a very deep level. I want to build a career around it. You can do that. So if you have a, a passion for whatever, you know, do it. There's, there's a, um, I'm trying to think of his name. His name is Art. He's a, uh, he was, uh, I got to get his last name, but um, he started an insurance. He was an old football coach from Georgia, high school, high school football coach in Georgia. And he started an insurance company. And it was the biggest in the United States, multi-billionaire. And he said he got involved with that because he remembers as a kid, I think when his father died, an insurance salesman came to his house and sort of pulled the wool over his mother's eyes. Mm. And he never forgot that. Mm. And it pissed him off. And, and a few years into his coaching career in Georgia, he had an opportunity that a friend presented to him to start selling insurance. So he started selling it for a while based on his passion. And he'd go into people's homes and share that story. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to start my own company. And that's well, what he did. I started at a young age, doing his formative years, well, or maybe a little bit after, but wow. Yeah, that's so awesome. he followed his, that. Who would think? Like, who's passionate about insurance, right? right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not, but, <laughs> but that, was, that was his journey. So, you know, I got another friend that was a major league baseball player, pitched for, yeah, for multiple years in the big leagues. And he remembers – when he got his signing bonus, how he was lied to by his financial advisory firm. Now he works in financial advisory for Merrill Lynch. Mm. So guys, like use your experiences to, and, and what you're passionate about to drive you to the next place. Wow. And, and great memory, by the way, Art Williams is Art, the name. I was just gonna look it up myself. Yeah, <laughs> I, got you. I should know that. And I'm gonna tell you this, He's got a great speech. If you type in Art Williams, just do it. Amazing. Mm, so we'll do. Today. A little something for you guys. Anybody that's watching, make sure you check that out today. Art Williams, <laughs> just do it. Just do that's it. All. Yes. Cool, amazing. So as we kind of get closer to close, I definitely want to get some, just some final thoughts and, and questions. Prince, what thoughts do you have? I know you've been soaking this up, and I feel like there's something there. Uh, that you have on your mind is certainly a question you may want to ask. Um, Dana, if, if you could, I know, I know that you don't have any kids right now, but if you could write a letter to your kids, what would be one of the first things that you would say and one of the last things that you would, that, that would be in that letter to your kids besides that I love you and, you know, your dad is the best. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, hey, you know, one thing I, I, Years ago, I went over to the uh, Under Armour headquarters. A buddy of mine started that company. And um, we went over to the cafe. And the cafe is called uh, the Humble and Hungry Cafe. And I said, you know, that's a, that right there would be a great, a great message is, hey, stay humble, right? Which means you're open, you're willing, um, but also stay hungry. Stay hungry for your next opportunities. And at the same time, like I, I've been pounding this whole interview is, don't worry what anybody else thinks because they may not fully understand where it is that you're coming from. And, and actually, a few months ago, I was working with a gentleman that runs a, a private equity firm 
uh, hedge fund. And he's like, listen, I got to make a big decision. Nobody believes in my decision, but I do. It turned out to be a blockbuster deal that he pulled off. Totally misunderstood by his partners. Totally misunderstood by everybody. But he knew that it was sort of the right lever to pull. And it, it ended up being such. So that would be my message. It's like, listen, you know, stay humble, stay hungry, but, but always stay true to, to, you know, to your character and what you believe and don't let other people dictate that to you. Mm-hmm. you, know, you like, yeah. No, I was just going to say, you know, like we don't have to follow the masses, you know, like we don't have to follow what everybody else is doing because it's sort of like, you know, the hashtag of the day on Instagram or whatever, right? We got to do what we feel is best uh, for us, for our families and, and for our mission. I'm really big on that. Like, what are you here to do? You know, at some point, we're all going to end up in a box. And I always say, don't be intimidated by anybody, no matter how big, how good looking, no matter what, because see that guy over there? Yeah, he'll be in a box six feet under like you. And he deals with the same insecurities in different ways that you deal with. So the, the, there, there is a very, very even playing field in this world when you could look at things like that. Mm, mm, mm. That's some great advice. Yeah. You know, you know, thank you for that transparency big time. <laughs> you know, certainly we're going to leave you with some final thoughts in the moment, or leave you to leave us with some final thoughts. But Prince, do you have any final thoughts? Um, um, my, my final thoughts, I'm just excited to, like, to know where can our audience find you, learn more about you, um, be a part of some of your, your coaching that you're that you yeah. offer. I mean, you know, just uh, to be great and reach that <laughs> ultimate level. Thank you. I appreciate you guys uh, having me and supporting me too. Uh, so anyway, my book, I'll show you habits of a champion that's uh, on, on Amazon. And then on my website, danacavalier.com, I do a daily blog and you can get to all my, my social channels where I only put out good, uplifting, positive stuff that doesn't conform with uh, what everybody else does. Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> I completely understand. And any other final thoughts, uh, Dana? Any other final thoughts that you might have? That you yeah, my, la- my last thing is this, and, and it's, it's hard to do sometimes when you feel like the world is sort of like, you know, coming down on you or you feel like you're in, you're in a box. But just remember that if you, if you cast out a vision, that you could sort of reel yourself towards it by, by committing yourself, you know, each day to just walk. You don't have to run. But just take a step towards where it is that you want to go and don't always worry about how it all is going to work out and how it's all going to look because, man, like life is filled with forward steps, a couple back steps, a couple missteps. But as long as you're committed to where you're going and to that vision, you got a really good chance of ending up there. And oftentimes it won't be on your timeline. So don't be discouraged. Be excited to show up every day and realize that you get the opportunity to chase whatever it is that you're going after. And the other thing is, too, you got to have a little bit of fun along the way and surround yourself with, you know, with good people that, that have your back and that you could, you know, have a little bit of fun with, too. And if you get all that right, no matter what happens, you've won. Mm. Yeah. Man, Dana, thank you so very yeah. much for being here with I us. I want to give you an air hug, man. <laughs> there we go. Uh, 
You guys are bigger than me. I don't want to mess with you. I don't. I always say I don't mess with football players. I stick with the baseball guys. <laughs> if you could just train me a little, just train me a little bit more in my strength and conditioning, that'd be great. Yeah. Yo, man, it's Coach Danny. Coach Dana, thank you so very much for being here with the game beyond the game and being so transparent, sharing your stories and your triumphs uh, in understanding what it takes in that 5% of uh, the awesome part of who we are. So thank you so very much for being here. This has been Game Beyond the Game. So make sure if you know other professional athletes and folks out there that are looking to understand better how they can thrive in their transition, Game Beyond the Game would be that place. So continue to stay tuned, stay locked in, and find us wherever you are. So thank you so very much for being here, and have a great day, y'all. Yes. Peace. Then I'll be in contact with you, brother. All right, guys. All right, have a good one. See y'all. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.